This is the Two Point Conversation. Now with your hosts, Chris and Hector. And we welcome you to this new edition of the Two Point Conversation. As always, yours truly, Chris here, along with my chum Hector. Hey Chris, how you doing buddy? It's all good. Man, NBA playoffs are here and now the regular season is over with. Um, Chris and I, we were discussing, um, you know, at the before we started the show, we decided to talk about giving some awards, right? Yes, we're going to do our very, very, very late awards now that the playoffs <laughs> have started. We're supposed to do this after the season ended, but technical difficulties uh, stopped us from doing so. But, yeah, we're here and we're going to give out the hour version of the NBA Awards. Yeah, the two-point conversation awards. No, sort of. Yeah, sort of. Whatever. No, yeah. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, we're, we're going to do that. We're, you know, the playoffs has already started. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it bears repeating for anybody who doesn't know how, to, how the awards dynamic works. The voting happens the day after the regular season ends. Nothing has to do with the playoffs. A lot of people get that confused. A lot of people yeah. say, well, he had a great championship run. He should be the MVP. Well, no, it doesn't really have anything to do. But, yeah, that's basically how it works. So let's get started. All right, well, let's start. Let's begin, of course, with the coach of the year. Who you got? Well, I think that most people would agree that the way the Rocket season has been going I would have to say that Mike D'Antoni deserves the, the the accolade. Again? He won Why it last not? year. Why not, dude? Why not? He well, the, the team has basically outplayed the, the, the Warriors. Of course, of course, the Warriors, they've been kind of hot and cold and also taking consideration. They've been injured. But come on. They, 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 they've been pretty solid. And James Harden is playing out of his mind. Well, I mean, I agree that the job that Mike D'Antoni has done is worthy of being honored. Mm-hmm. But since he since he won it last year, the team was expected to pretty much do better with the addition of Chris Paul okay. and some of the other pieces they've gotten. But, I mean, I, I, think, I, I think he is deserving. But I would mention other names. Like, you know, one name that's never mentioned that I kind of can't stop thinking about is Brett Brown. Oh yeah, the 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 Sixers head coach, right? Yeah, I, I don't know why he never gets mentioned, and he he is really like, you know, into the background in Philly because of yeah. course you got all these terrific young players, you know, and you know this guy they they won what sixteen straight something like that to finish the season. Do you and, know how many games they won a couple years back? And, they won ten. And and talk about a guy whose whose head was basically hanging from a noose. Because he was going to be fired close well, enough. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, he, he was put into a situation where... A tough situation, It was a really, really thorough rebuilding process. And they were going to be patient with him. He's a teacher type of coach. And he has done a marvelous, marvelous job. job. Yes. Another name that I have to mention is Brad Stevens. They have been, Celtics, yeah. They have been injured... They have had injuries for many key players all season long, especially mm-hmm. the Kyrie Irving injury uh-huh. in the last few weeks. And 
the Celtics stayed with their heads above water and finished with the two seed still. <laughs> and they were winning some very important games in the end without Kyrie Irving. So Brad Stevens, I think Brad Stevens deserves uh, some recognition there. I'm going to throw you another name. The Toronto Raptors head coach, Dwayne Casey. That, I was going to go to that right now. I think that would be my pick for coach of the All year. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, everybody is already saying, like, well, they have to perform in the playoffs. But, you know, the Raptors probably had the best season in franchise history, regular season. And, you know, Dwayne Casey has done a terrific job with a team that they've grown themselves. Mm -hmm. And... With a young bench, they have a young bench. You know, they don't they don't have a lot of deep talent, veteran wise, on the bench, but they have good talent in a, in, in in their youth. So I think Dwayne Casey is the guy for me. Also, and staying on the top of the conference for a long period of time, it's not an easy task. So, now, especially when you got the Celtics when they're healthy, mm -hmm. you got. The Cavaliers, they're always coming. Of course. And, and, and you got to, you know, those those are considerations to be taken. But I would like to say, you know, Brett Brown, I think he would, man. But with the with the terrific season all year long that Dwayne Casey had with the Raptors, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, not, I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment here. <laughs> so I think Dwayne Casey is the guy for me. All right. All right. So moving on from Coach. Who do you got for Rookie of the Year? I'm going to go 1995 here. All right. Go ahead. 1995 was the year, the last year, I think, there were co-rookies of the year. Oh, was, really? You're going with that train of thought? Yes. it's It was, back then, it was Jason Kidd and Grant Hill. They won it. And I'm going to go Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. All right. You know, people, people want to make this too black or white. You know, they want to say, it's either one or the other or death. But, <laughs> what? Wow. Ben Simmons has put up a pretty historic type rookie season with all the triple doubles, with the impact that he's had yeah. on the Sixers. But uh, you can't ignore Donovan Mitchell, man. No, he, he Donovan Mitchell, though, the, he's not going to be denied. He has been a fantastic addition to the Utah Jazz. They really needed a solid score, hell, uh, um, volume score. And he is very athletic. He really changes the tide of a game. And he is the, he is their franchise player for years to come. Yeah, and, and he's going to be a star well, if he isn't already. <laughs> But <laughs> I, 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 gotta, I gotta say both. I mean, why not? I mean, it's happened before. It could happen again. This isn't This shouldn't be that black or white. I think it's that close where you can say, why not do a co-rookie of the year thing with those two? I mean, they're deserving of it. Well, I was going to say Ben Simmons, but you put a very good argument. And like the Steven Crowder thing that he does, the change my mind segment, you change my mind. Oh, I agree with you. Oh, well, how about that? So Good. Yeah, I, I think yeah, uh, co rookie of the year. So I agree with that. Okay, so you're going you're going the same route as I am. Of course. All right. All right. So moving on, we have defensive player of the year. I think it's going to be finally Rudy Gobert. I agree. The Stifle Tower. <laughs> I mean that guy is so 
good. He can do so many things on the defensive end. It's not just blocking shots. It's, mm-hmm. it's defending the perimeter. He can defend many positions. And it's not the fact that when you drive, he blocks your shot. He changes your shot with his length yes. and his ability to block shots. I, I think he's been fantastic for the Jazz the last few years. And I think this is going to be the year he's finally getting his due. Can it be said that he is the counterpart to Hassan Whiteside of the Western Conference? I think Gobert is slightly better. You think he's slightly... Really? I think he's slightly better. Hassan Whiteside can score, but Hassan Whiteside between the ears is a little less reliable than Rudy is. Okay, less consistent? You can say so. All right, all right. Interesting, man. You you were kind of high on the dude before. I mean, yeah, I mean, Hassan Whiteside has a lot of upside. Oh. <laughs> you know, he's always been very talented, but mm-hmm. man, in the mental aspect, he needs to still keep growing up. And with all this beef that he kind of has with Wade coming back, like his minutes are been going down. It's like, come on, dude. Who do you got? Um, well, I agree with you. Rudy Gobert deserves the accolade. When are we going to disagree? Come on. I don't, <laughs> soon enough. Soon Let's enough. disagree. Let's soon disagree. enough. We, we're gonna have to do it. We're gonna have to do it for, <laughs> you know, for kicks, just like the guys at at those television debate shows do. <laughs> okay. All right. So, most improved player, I you go Victor Oladipo. You know, he is the pick. He is the pick, he is yes. the consensus. But, all right, the guy I've thought about all year long that I just can't ignore. Mm-hmm. Is you got it? Who do you think I'm gonna say? I don't know. Um, I say Clint Capella. Ooh, okay. I, that it, guy. It didn't come. In my, it didn't come to my mind. I'm sorry. The improvement that that guy has made shown this yeah. year. It's not just the numbers. It's the fact that partly because of his improvement, the Rockets are what they are. That guy is so good down low. All right. <laughs> you know, catching Chris Paul's lobs, rebounding, and then scoring down low. That guy's got terrific moves down low. And that adds a dimension for the Rockets to have the success that they've had. Because, you know, th- what they do most of the time is jack up threes. And of course. for them. It works <laughs> yeah. for them. I mean, come on. The Warriors have won two championships that way. But, but you think about wh- what he means to them down low. He's a threat, and nobody's looking at him when they're scoring all those threes, so he just goes down low and dominates. That is a very good overlooked pick. I didn't even come across my mind. Oladipo's going to win it because he turned himself from a role player into an all-star. Yes. In, in, and he's always had the ability, but he's finally getting his due chance. He's going to win it, but my pick is Clint Capella. All right, can I can I mention uh honor, can I tell you an honorable mention? All right, <laughs> Dwight Howard. Come on. <laughs> Why? I mean, he played very good in in Charlotte this year. He's had better years. Oh, okay, but comparing to the past years, I mean, technically most improved. Yeah, he could qualify, but there should be like some sort of a. You know, some sort of an asterisk saying, if you were an all-star many years back and you have a great season. I mean, 
most improved to me is a guy that was that it's not maybe he didn't have great years and then all of a sudden slowly he started great. climbing up. And I, I think I, I think Capella fits that bill. I know Victor Oladipo fits that bill. So I think I think it's going to be Capella. My pick is Clint Capella. All right. So six man of the year. I mean, can you can you go wrong with Eric Gordon? Can you take it away from Eric Gordon? He's been playing fantastic. I'm actually happy for him because I saw him play in high school, and I thought this kid's gonna be a killer. I thought I, before Steph Curry, you know, became Steph Curry, I th I thought Eric Gordon could be that type of guy, that guy who would, you know, shoot and make a lot of threes. And it took him a while to find a home and get over the injuries that he has suffered early on in his career. And now he's found a home in Houston. And he is a very, very important player to the success of the Houston Rockets. You know who he reminds me of? Um, he kind of reminds me of Grant Hill when he found his footing in Phoenix after bouncing back from the injuries. Right. He, he reminds me of that. And... You and you and I talked about this, and we we appreciate Eric Gordon's game, and we always knew that he was a special player. But the injuries, man, from the Clippers when he was in the Pelicans, and that time before they were the Pelicans, I I forget the name now. Um, the Hornets. Yeah, New Orleans Hornets, of course. Um, he was know, part of the he was part of the the Chris Paul trade. the Chris Paul trade, yeah, and. Ironically enough, they end up being teammates. So, but mind you, mind you, people, uh, the comparison is not on the game. The comparison is the situation. Of Grand course, Hill, because people will say, "Oh, well, they're not the same not type the same. of player, Hector." Yeah, but you know, they they've always had like this superstar potential, but the injuries hampered them too much, and they couldn't be consistent. And now they found a, a proper home where they could thrive. And adjusted the situation. All right. And well, drum roll, please, for who do you think is going to be the MVP? It's going to be James Harden. James Harden. I can't. Course. I can't see. Okay, so the other candidates obviously have a valid point to them. Yeah, LeBron. You know, LeBron has a valid point because, of course, after the after they traded everybody and their mothers <laughs> in the trade deadline, then you know he had to become the man, and he was the man, and he, even though I won't say they backed into the, I don't say they backed into the playoffs, but they went down the fourth. So I, I can't, because of what he's done, he deserves it. But, you know, James Harden led his team to 60-something wins. He was the best scorer all year long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he deserved it last year, and I think they're, he's getting his due this year. And Anthony Davis is another guy that I think is deserving. He stepped up this game to get the Pels in the playoffs. And there's other guys you, you can mention, Damian Lillard and what he's done in Portland. But I think it's James Harden, and I don't think it's close. Uh, people want to make the close thing with LeBron and stuff. I don't think it's close. It should be James Harden. Man, Anthony Davis. That, that, that is crazy. DeMarcus Cousins goes down, and he has to pick up the slack. You think when he goes down, the Pelicans are hitting the lottery now? No, they're just they're whoop they're whooping ass. And, 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 <laughs> and, and, and they picked up Miritich, and 
he was the compliment that they needed. Yeah. You know, as a guy who would fill in for DeMarcus Cousins. And they're a, a legit playoff. Team, <laughs> yeah, it's but working. Even Drew Holiday showing up. And after <laughs> after seeing what happened with Westbrook last year that he was giving the award, even though his team was a lower seed, you can't now you can't discount a guy like Anthony Davis despite yeah. the Pelicans ending six. But you know, best team all year long, best scorer all year long. It's Harden. Of course. <laughs> well, that's it for the NBA Awards, the very late NBA Awards <laughs> from us here. We'll be right back after this quick break here on the Two Point Conversation. Um, Chris, you and I, we we tend to watch a lot of movies, and specifically sci-fi films. Right. I mean, I watch more sci-fi films than usual, but you've been getting the hang of it, right? Right. <laughs> okay. A response. I'm, ro- um, I'm being robotic. Okay. Ah, okay. I see what you did there. All right. So... We were talking about, well, Chris, actually. He brought to me an interesting concept. You know, the world is moving quickly. So is science. A lot of technological advancements. You know, Elon Musk with the whole SpaceX and all that kind of stuff. And we were thinking about movies that tackle different inventions that are current right now to our current timeline or movies that are predicted things that we are utilizing right now yeah there's been a lot of futuristic type movies where they're giving us maybe a foreshadowing of what technology might become and you know it's interesting topic to discuss about which ones are actually (laughs) like you know which ones are more likely to come true I mean, um, for example, more recently, Elon, like I mentioned, Elon Musk, who was actually inventing all sorts of stuff. <laughs> They've been testing out the self-driving cars, which kind of... Upon further review... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, upon further review... It's, it's not been working, but it's the first time we're seeing that, and we've seen that in movies before. Yeah, for example, films like... Um, iRobot, Total Recall, right? To- I, and I've seen the Arnold Schwarzenegger film. And Total Recall is pretty old. <laughs> yes, it's very old. Um, video calls we have now with FaceTime. Yeah, we we have the FaceTime, the, the Skypes, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that that that's one of the more recent 
and I and not even recent. It's been a, around for a while, but you know we saw all all these movies doing it like Blade Runner, you know the Ridley Scott movie of the eighties. Yeah, the um, what was the other one? Uh, Two thousand one, uh, Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick. Right. We also have the Robert Zemeckis uh, Back to the Future films. These are. Older. These are quite older films that that kind of predicted that, yes, <laughs> and, and, and accurately, I might add. But I, I I think about some of the other movies in recent years where there has been something like, for example, I think of her. Mm-hmm. Her is a little bit more low key futuristic because it's not obviously futuristic. You can see it's it it it, it portrays a future. But it isn't too distant a future. That movie's pretty much, what, 10 to 15 years into the present day? Definitely. <laughs> with the operating systems in those times, now we're seeing the Alexa thing. Yeah. The, and, the, the Alexa, the Siri, the Cortanas. Yeah, we're seeing the, the a more prominent rise in artificial intelligence. I think that's very likely to... To be oh, to come true. Yes. The, the the her aspect where, you know, the operating system becomes another person. It's almost like in Blade Runner twenty forty nine when Ooh, Joy, right. With, with joy. The joy uh, right. But the difference is that the operating system is more broad in her, whereas the joy is a little more niche. Yeah, it's more of a service program, if you will. But the the her and you don't be surprised if you see People forming relationships with their I mean, operating systems. I mean, of course you have the operating systems, but let, let's not go too far. And they have the sex robots. That's right. a, that's a thing that's picking up steam and scary, if I might add. <laughs> and for example, uh, you think of um, the movie. Uh, I, I forget the title. Uh, Ex Machina. Where yes. where they the droid develops artificial intelligence and they are testing for emotions mm-hmm. and that's that's the part where it kind of gets tricky because it, it, and scary because you know artificial intelligence and emotion emotion is purely human but then when you take into account something that isn't human feeling some emotion that <laughs> it's a little scary oh and and and, and before it's mocking you had again iRobot is going to be the talk of it because it explores a lot of those concepts. Also, um, um, 2001 Space Odyssey, Terminator. Uh-huh, the Terminator. Terminator. Um, you take, for example, Iron Man, the, the AI Jarvis. Um, mm-hmm. Artificial Intelligence, the, the Steven Spielberg film. And her, of course. And... Recently, and re- and this conversation came about because recently we had the release of Ready Player One, mm, yes. and that is another one. That is one that is clearly predicting a future that is, I think, is very likely to happen, which is the virtual reality, reality. world, where you see people already. We're already seeing the the, the augmented uh, reality and all that. Yeah, stuff. the the Oculus thing people wear. Oculus Rift. The Oculus Rift thing and. It, it's it's cool for videos, but when when it comes time for them to really step into the virtual reality, like the situation with with Ty Sheridan's character, mm-hmm. he he got he, and 
I might be spoiling just a little few things here. Spoiler. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like he he's on a on a treadmill, on a treadmill that moves all around so he can wear the thing and he runs the treadmill so he can run into the world of virtual reality. All right. So he can walk himself into it. <laughs> and then you wear the bodysuit so you can feel everything. People tapping you on the shoulder, uh, people punching you in the stomach, you know. And, and of course, whatever you earn inside that world, you earn in real life. And, oh, And the cool. interesting thing I thought of that movie and is how they show – how the neighbors and normal people, they're all in, with the wearing the thing in their own virtual reality worlds. And that's like right now you see you go you, you go sit on a train and what do you see? You see people on their cell phones. Who knows that maybe by twenty forty you might see people wearing the, the, the stupid <laughs> Oculus thing and Yeah, the headgears. The headgear. That that's what we're but that's not people say, Oh, that's bad. It's not necessarily bad because, you know, in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, all you saw were people sitting on the train looking at the newspapers. Yeah. And then uh, came um, maybe a magazine or a book, and then now you got the cell phones. And in, in a, in a not-too-distant future, you might see them wearing the Oculus Rift thingy. And you got to thank inspiration from The Matrix, Hackers, really old film. Johnny Mnemonic. You sure are dating yourself. Well, <laughs> can, can you blame me? Um, and also Virtuosity. Virtuosity. The Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe film. Right. From 1995. Um, yeah, they, they kind of showed you a world where virtual reality was the only way to move move ahead. Move around. And and you saw a lot of the in, in older movies you saw a lot of the touch screens mm. type things. Yes. You saw a lot of that and now that's very common. You see well now you got uh touch screen computers. Yeah, and kinda yeah, be, thanks to minority report. They they that movie really like brought up that inspiration. That touch touch screens, touch interfaces, you name it, facial recognition. In the cell phones now. Right, your fingerprints, the the retinal scans, all that stuff is like, whoa, good and lord, good lord, that was Steven Spielberg too. Yes, <laughs> so, no figure. Uh, and and I see there in your notes that you got the digital billboards. That slowly but surely, that's gonna that's gonna come. Oh, it's gonna pick up soon enough. It's gonna pick up. The, soon the enough. billboards are terrific right now. But I mean, soon it'll be. It starts with the electronic billboards, and soon enough, we're gonna be seeing the holograms, my friend. Soon enough, you know, Blade that Blade Runner digital billboards. That, now, you're gonna see it soon enough. Of everything that movies and TV shows predict, mm-hmm. the one thing that almost everybody puts out and it's never happened is the flying cars. I'm still waiting for that. Every every movie, like in the 60s, 70s, 80s, sometimes 90s, everybody predicted a future of flying cars. <laughs> I mean, we don't have that yet. I mean, damn you, Robertson Mackis, you've lifted my hopes up. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man, so many, so many good films. Hey, speaking of good films, our next show we're gonna do an Infinity War preview. Ooh, that's gonna be big. So stay tuned for that as we finish this one now. So we will be with you next week for the Infinity War preview. 
For Mike Chum Hector, I'm Chris. Thanks for tuning in to the Two Point Conversation.